Welcome to the Spirit Pathways podcast. I am Kate Sprickley. Our podcasts offer raw, honest and authentic conversations on a number of topics that we hope you find informative and inspiring. Hi everyone and I have got the lovely Fiorenza Scoli with me again today and one thing that we have um, promised to do is to have conversation conversations around difficult and uncomfortable experiences and one of which is the one around sexual abuse which is something both Fiorenza and I have some experience with both personally and um, otherwise and I think it's an important topic to cover particularly in these times when they are, the focus is on healing the deep-seated wounds that we have and facing the trauma that we have faced and the shadow aspects of ourselves. And a lot of those shadow aspects come from the traumatic events that we experienced in, in childhood and um, sometimes in later life. So welcome, Fiorenza, and thank you. Okay, it's lovely to do one of our podcasts, which, um, and, and, you know, we've discussed this topic many times. As you know, this is my, um, this is the flag I fly. And the more I move into the world of coaching and helping people and working with people, the more, um, the more is the, my calling to deal with this particular subject. Not least of all, because what I have noticed is that um, it is a subject that even in this moment in which trauma, the subject of trauma, particularly I think over the last couple of years where people have been locked up and, um, and it's, you know, a lot, of, a lot of mental health issues have surfaced. And so dealing with trauma has become very, um, very relevant. However, in dealing with trauma, I have yet to really see sexual abuse and in specifically childhood sexual abuse being pulled out and, and focused on upfront and central. And in my um, experience with people talking about, I mean, talking about, we're talking about anything. What I've noticed is that people don't offer that. They don't, when you're talking to them, when you are trying to work out what it is that is, has happened to them, what it is that has defined them, Sexual abuse is a very, very, very hard thing for people to bring out out of the shadows. And I believe that we have to start making it easier for people to bring it out. And the only way we're going to make it easier is by talking about it. And what's interesting is that it's not just uncomfortable for those of us who have who have experienced it, but it is equally uncomfortable for those who have not because they simply don't know what to do when you start talking to somebody or you know like when I said when people say what do you do and I say oh I, I you know I work with people and specifically on sexual abuse it's just like that's the end they just simply don't know what they don't know what they don't know where to go because in their mind it is so horrifying that they they just simply there's nothing they don't have the tools to to make you feel better and I think I think one of, one of the things around that is that, you know, certainly through my own work, what I have discovered 
and I, I, I'm probably, I probably have 80 to 90% of the people that I have seen over the 20 years that I've been doing this work have had some kind of sexual abuse experience. And so I, it's not even necessarily that people are, are un so uncomfortable about talking about it, but I think that there are so many people that have had that experience that if they then have to go into a conversation around it, they have to face that wounding within themselves. They have they, the, 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 those suppressed emotions are often triggered. And of course, all the shame comes, comes out from that. And uh, that's certainly something that I've noticed in, in, in conversation with people around a topic like sexual abuse is just most people have had some kind of experience with it. Yeah, and I think there, you know, this is where it gets it gets complicated because um, you know there are levels and there are ages and there are, there are the people who've gone through it, you know, before the age of ten, and there are people who've gone through it as they're going into puberty, and there are, you know, and there. Are, I mean, most women in some shape or form have have uh, have been victims of some kind of sexual this is where, where, where do you draw the line between, what's the line between sexual harassment and sexual abuse? You know, if a, if a child is sexually abused, that has a very different effect than if a, uh, a, a, a teenager in their late teens is sexually, sexually harassed or, yeah, harassed. And not that one is worse than the other. And I, in a million years, I, I wouldn't begin to say that. The difference is the effect. The effect that it has when it's childhood sexual abuse, when you're a small, a, a very young child and you go through something like that, it basically break it, it, it shatters your foundation. So it's like you're building an entire house on a faulty foundation, which means that everything, everything you encounter in your life, you are seeing through a cracked mirror. Everything is, is, is put and but the the thing is you don't know because you don't know what what it what it's supposed to look like, whereas when it happens later in life, it it traumatizes you and it 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 can shatter your life. But you have a before and after. Yes. When you're a child, there is there isn't really a before, or at least particularly. I mean, you know, especially when it's before you even understand what sexuality is. But I think the shame aspect is what you say about shame is, is, a, is the fundamental part because you, you know, the, the, I mean, I know that the, 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 in the States, the CDC, the, the, um, the statistics is that one in five have been sexually abused. Um, now what their, what their specifications are for that statistic, I'm not sure. Um, but the, 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 the fact is that people now with the Me Too, Me Too movement, people are now happy to talk about sexual harassment. It's much easier because it's out there. It's been, it's been validated. Whereas sexual abuse still has not. And there is still this shame. And the shame comes from believing that you have something to do with it. The shame is the fact that I am in some way responsible for this. And that is, you know, one of the things that, it, that's one of the, I think the hardest things to work with. I mean, I'm sure that you, when you work, you know, the, 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 when you work energetically with somebody um, in your work, that 
that area, um, I mean, I think the energetic work, because there, there, there are various levels of how, you know, how do we, what are, what are the, let's back up a bit, what are the symptoms? What are, what are the effects of sexual abuse, right? Anxiety, depression, OCD, eating disorders, self-harm, addiction, right? Addiction of all of the harmful, I mean, the harmful sort and the, and the productive sort. So, you know, you can be an extreme runner, but it's mm. because you're running to get away from it. You can be a workaholic and be incredibly successful. It's not that just the drugs and, and alcohol and, you know. Um, and, you know, uh, ex- extreme promiscuity is, a, is one of the effects of, of sexual abuse because you've been completely desensitized to anything sexual. So, you know, you, your, your, your whole way of dealing with sex is completely different. Um, dissociation, which you know messes up the way you deal with everything. So, I mean, you know, the, the 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 symptoms are many and are very well hidden. Mm-hmm. And also because you, how do you differentiate between what is your character and what is an effect of this traumatizing experience you've been through? Because it, especially when it's happened to you very early on, you are relating to everything from a place of trauma, everything, mm-hmm. and you're in permanent survival mode. You're in permanent fight, flight, freeze mode. And it's very, it's almost impossible until you actually take it out and say, this happened to me. Now I have to look at how is it that this has affected me? Because it may affect you in one way, but it affects me in the other. It may make me go out and be a, you know, rebel, headbanger, alcoholic party girl. And it may make you hide in a corner and become a bookworm but the the two are still in escape and so it's a question of also the self-awareness and the courage a the courage to face it the courage to 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 look at it and get into that incredibly uncomfortable space because it really is getting in a bath of shame i mean it's just it's those first moments when you talk about it it's just it's the the physical discomfort also, because usually you're talking about it with somebody who is also uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so then how do we how do we heal from that? Now we've talked about this about the fact that the, the healing process has got to be both both um, conscious and unconscious. It's got to be it's got to be uh, the, the work that you do as well as the energetic. Because I mean, I, I be. The energetic side of what it does to you is, is has got to be monumental. I mean, what do you find when you're working on somebody who has, um, I mean, to, just to, to preempt, to, to, to just to lead into what you what I, I'd love to hear about is when I, about 10 years ago, I was working with somebody who was an energy healer and I just went to her for a colonic and she was just you know I didn't know her and she just moved her hands around my stomach and she said you were sexually abused weren't you and that was when I understood the just that I am carrying this thing around in my body all the time so I'd be interested to know what you feel in how 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 you how it feels and how do you how do you, how effective is it when you work on people who have been sexually abused? 
Well, I think with with in my work, I, I work with all four levels. So there's a, you know, obviously there's a emotional body, there's a physical body, there's a mental body, there's a spiritual body. And then encompassing that is the energy field. And all trauma, it doesn't matter what that trauma is. For some people, the trauma can be the death of a, pet, a pet when they're a young child. All trauma is imprinted or etched into the energy field. <clears throat> so it is something that exists as, as a, uh, an imprint that informs all the time. It informs your choices, it informs your actions, it informs your subconscious, it informs how you are in the world, what you think about yourself, how you view the world, how you view people, how you interact in relationships. So when I'm working with, with someone who's been sexually abused, most of the time what, what I would do, <clears throat> what I do with people is take them through that clearing of the 28-year cycle. So that's looking at the different aspects, and that's normally when it comes out. So we look at the first 28 years of a, of a person's life, there is an energetic pattern that is created that informs the rest of your life. And that pattern is created through the experiences that you have had in those first 28 years of your life. If those experiences are trauma infused, then that is how you continue to live your life. You live your life through this trauma infused driving force that pushes you towards reigniting or re-experiencing trauma in some form. So it's almost like you have become a magnet for more trauma, for more negativity, for, for more um, pain. <clears throat> so generally when I'm, when I'm working through clearing these patterns, um, we look at the, the, we break this 28 year cycle up into four segments. So we look at 0 to 7, 7 to 14, and 14 to 21, and then 21 to 28. And invariably, it's it's somewhere in those first two cycles, whether it's 0 to 7 or 7 to 14, where there is some kind of sexual abuse that occurs in that time. There are a lot of people that come to me that say, I feel like something happened, but I don't remember. I just know that there is something wrong. You know, I can't have... I can't feel free in a sexual relationship. I can't explore things in a way that doesn't bring shame. Um, I know that, that, you know, that there's something around my physical body that I feel shameful about. Uh, you know, those are generally the conversations that, that happen around those first seven years. Often people struggle to remember unless it's an incredibly... Um, uh, long period of abuse so I you know I've worked with people who have been sexually abused by both their mother and sometimes they sometimes their mother and mostly their father and that abuse has lasted for years it's not just been a one-off experience then there are people that have had the one-off experience working from an energetic perspective I look to find where is that trauma sitting in the body where is it held in the, the, the body, the physical body, as well as moving through all of those energetic layers and to clear the imprint of it so that, you know, it, it doesn't mean that the memory will go, go away. You will always remember that experience, but the charge around it is lessened. 
and you are not then informed all the time by that experience. It, it means that you almost have a, <clears throat> a clean sheet in which to start life again. Um, and it's, it, it's interesting because when I work with people in these, in these times and, you know, I, I, I'll mention my brother as he's, a, as he's an example of this. Um, he, he was sexually abused at the age of nine and it went on for a few months. Um, eventually it, it came out and thankfully my father took, a, took it on and he um, had the man arrested and went to court and this guy was, was put in jail. Um, but, you know, in those days, I mean, that was, that was the late eighties. And in those days, you know, child therapy was relatively new. Uh, I think my brother went for one or two sessions, but that was required by the court because the court needed that information to be able to prosecute this guy. And so it was never, it was never talked about. No one ever said anything. We never mentioned it again. And what is, what is interesting is that from, so I talked about not 2028. From 28, you step back into that same cycle that you started in with 0 to 7. From, so that's 28 to 35. From 35 to 42, you step back into the same cycle of 7 to 14. Now, my brother stepped back into that cycle that he was abused in when he was 35. By the time he was 39 years old, he was a drug addict suffering from terrible depression, psychosis. By the time he was 41, he was dead um, and through suicide. And, you know, that is the consequence of him not being able to process that trauma that, that, that he had at, um, at that young age. And so often what happens with people is that I see them in the cycle or even sometimes the cycle just before that trauma is about to be triggered. So they're coming to me because there's something, they know that there's something coming up, there's something that is, that is creating chaos or turmoil within them and they just need to, to, to figure, what, figure out what it is. And often I can determine by saying, okay, well, how old are you? Okay, you're in the same cycle that you were when you were naught to seven, what happened when you were five? And just through working in, in an energetic sense, I can often pick up exactly the age where, where that happened, where that trauma happened. And then we unpack and we start to work through, okay, this is the abuse that they experienced, um, you know, and look at where it came from. Um, and sometimes, you know, it's transgenerational. You know, there's, there's, an, there's an impact of, of sexual abuse that has run through the fa family line. Um, you know, if, if someone is, if a woman was abused by her father, somewhere along the line, the father was abused, somewhere along the line, the grandmother or the grandfather was, you know, so we, we even go deeper into clearing the ancestral line at the same time, so that it's not perpetuated into the next generation. Well, I think, that, yeah, I mean, that, 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 what's, What's interesting about you, I mean, I, the, the, the point that you make of the fact that you never, so you can energetically shift it. I mean, my sense is that I know when you worked with me, you know, a lot of it is, it's almost like you're taking it out of the mud and you're bringing it up so that you can actually, you because you can only get rid of it if you bring it up. 
if you actually pull pull out you pull out the roots then then you can then you can finally get rid of the the the, the hold it has on you the, your point as to a the fact that you never forget i mean you know once you have that memory um and you're right you know there there are, there are kids who or, or people who who've when you've had a, a sort of one off experience or a couple of times you can actually put that in a drawer and lock it away and just you know very early on choose not to look at that which is why these memories get suppressed when it's a long term thing um you know like with your brother or you know in my case it was 3 years of sexual abuse um and it was a teacher but it was but it was you know i it 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 became a normal thing it was actually because it was so long and it was so regular it just became i knew that it was wrong but i was too young because it was before i was 10 so i was too young to really know what understand that what to not take responsibility for it you know and also because particularly coming from generations where one didn't talk about these things you know today we talk to our children about these these things so that if ever anything happens they feel comfortable to come to us because we know the 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 effects of keeping these things quiet and i think that this is why it's still it's so important to start to help people to talk about it in a way that is not um that is not frightening you know or a way that they don't feel that by talking about it they're going to trigger i think people also feel oh my god if i say something i'm going to say the wrong thing yeah mm-hmm. you know, i i might you know because i don't know and it's such a black area i can't possibly i can't possibly you know i've never had anybody ever and i've always been very open about my experience um but i've never had anybody ever say tell me what happened tell me exactly or who was it Yeah. You know they they don't want to delve into the details of it they just want to cut that conversation and not talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, because so, their imagination is so they're so horrified by what they don't know. I, mean, I think often the imagination is it's far worse than the reality because the reality is something you can look at. The reality however difficult and however painful and however horrifying it is, it's still you you you've got it. It's when it's this 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 monster behind you know behind secret doors that it has it holds its power and so i'm not i'm not suggesting that we have to go around shocking people and making them um because there is also a shock tactic that's also something that sex, people who have been sexually abused do they you know storm in and they say i am a survivor of sexual abuse now what are you going to do with me but that's also their react that that's their response to having been had their secrets locked away And Whereas, no one wanting to talk about it, or no one wanting to see their pain, or see their trauma, or see see how deep that hurt actually goes. Exactly, and that's why even you know even even therapists you know are are not. I mean, you know, I I was in a lot of therapy, and was never. was never encouraged to go into the details of my sexual abuse which from where i stand today is interesting because i think that it is a fundamental part of healing is that if you cannot say everything because the power is in the in the secret 
the power of sexual abuse is in the secret because we're all we're all made you know you're you're told not to tell you are in this place where you're not allowed to tell and then there's nowhere to go to tell and it's rather like you you know talking about with your brother that you know people just one just doesn't talk about it everybody knows it happened but it doesn't get discussed and it's important for it to be to be to, to be discussed it because otherwise it's going to it's going to continue you know the, the you look at sexual you know sexual harassment in the workplace how is how is it that finally we've managed to to put a stop to that because now it is talked about it has been taken out it has been put out there and now people know it they acknowledge it and you know people think three times before they make a move that could be even construed as sexual harassment not so with sexual abuse because it still has this veil. And so in the healing process, it seems to me that A, we have to, t- we have to bring it out. We also have to educate, um, we also have to educate parents. We have to educate parents to, to talk to their children, to help their children, to, um, to, to, to enable them to talk about it as they would talk about it if they'd been beaten up by, you know, if, if they'd been mugged, they would come and talk about it. If they'd been, you know, bullied, they'd come and talk about it. They, sh- they have to be able to talk, talk about being sexually abused. But parents are, because they feel responsible in some way. So it, I mean, it's such a complex area. It's such a complex area. But the only way that it's going to stop is by talking about it. It's the only way. And so we have to start encouraging people to, to, to deal with it. I mean, I know that, that you know, because it, it, it is the, it is the, often people, you know, they go into therapy and they go into therapy with all these issues they have. But the one thing they never actually really look at is the, the place from which that came. Because, you know, you can deal with your eating disorders and your, your addictions and your, your lack of trust and your lack of intimate, you know, being able to have intimate relationships and your, you know, all of these things. But if you don't get to the, to the core source, then you're just putting a Band-Aid. Well, as you said, it's, it's getting to those roots. Exactly. And you have to get to the roots because if you do, do, don't go to the roots then there's no point. And, uh, you know, certainly with the work that I do, which which combines both the counselling aspect and the energetic aspect, it is about getting to those roots. And some, for some people, you know, they've done years and years and years of conventional therapy, but yet they are still in the same place, feeling the same emotions, feeling the same shame, questioning and uh, themselves, questioning their life, questioning their choices, questioning their past, questioning everything about them themselves and and not really getting anywhere because it's just going round and round and round and round and round this this topic that just won't be addressed um so yeah if you don't get to those roots and actually look at the nasty ugly messy spaces the healing doesn't happen yeah, exactly, and 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 I, you know, I think that, that as you say, you can you can look at all the all the the you know you you can work at all these the 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 the, the symptoms, but it will just come out somewhere else. I mean, you can you can actually work at the symptoms to a point where you think that you are healed. Oh, yeah. Yet that pain, that void, that that place 
that is so damaged um, will always be there and it will come out somehow, somewhere. As you say, you know, in sexual relationships, I mean, sexually abused, people who've, who've, who've had been, been sexually abused, their, their relationship with sex is very, very complicated, very complicated. And it is very hard to trust and it is very hard to engage in, um, you know, because you have you because you don't have a ba- you don't have a baseline because you learned about sex before you even knew about sex, mm-hmm. and so your whole which means when you actually get to it, it already your perspective if it hasn't been if it hasn't been acknowledged and at least the healing process hasn't started by that point, yeah. you know, which is why I think it's so important also for parents you know to be to be educated in this because if you know you cannot take away. The, what, the, the, the damage that is done, but you can limit it because by, he, by the, the earlier the healing process takes place, the less, the less the lasting damage. You know, when if you start healing it in your 50s, you've got a whole lifetime of healing to do because you also oh. create, as you yeah. said, you know, when you said you knew you were the good choices, you choose relationships that give you pain. You choose, rela- because that is what you know. That is what you feel comfortable in. You choose chaos. You choose anything that will distract from, from, from the place where the pain resides. Or distract from what is actually, de- you know, that internal t- turmoil and chaos. Because if you can focus on the chaos around you, you don't actually have to look at the chaos that's happening inside of you. But again, if we look at... Our external world is a reflection of our internal world. If your life is in chaos, your inter- you, if your external life is in chaos, your internal life is in chaos. And, I, you know, I also think one of, one of the interesting discussions that I had with my brother, um, you, you, I, I can't remember when it was, but it was definitely probably four or five, five years before he died we had a conversation around his sexual abuse because suddenly it became something that he needed to talk about. And, um, and he said to me, he phoned me the one day, and he's, I mean, he was married with three children. He phoned me the one day and he said, I have, I, are you sitting down? I, I need to have a conversation with you. And I said, okay, what now? And I mean, he was generally a bit of a lunatic and ADD and you know all these crazy things obviously there was a lot you know he was creating this external chaos because the internal chaos was there and um, he he said to me I've got something very serious to tell you and I said okay and he said I'm gay and I said oh for goodness sake how can you suddenly decide that you're gay are you attracted to men I don't know and I said well okay I don't care if you're gay, that's, doesn't, that doesn't matter to me, but you have been married for 12 years and you have three children. What are you gonna tell your wife? Um, anyway, we unpacked it and we talked about it. And what actually came out is that he got to this point where he was questioning his own sexuality because the, the man, because he was abused by a man. And he said his words to me were, were there must have been something in me that attracted that man, that, 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 that created the situation because that man was attracted to me. 
And I had to sit down and say to him, it wasn't about you. It wasn't even the fact that you were a boy. It was that you were a child yeah. and he was sick. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so we had to unpack this whole because he was questioning his now everything, his every choice he had made, his sexuality, his entire life was suddenly built on this skew foundation or this cracked foundation, as you said in the beginning. Um, and he had to, he was trying to make it right. So and it's so hard for, for, for boys. I mean, I know, you know, I know several men who were, who were sexually abused at, at, you know, at school or, or by priests. And, you know, that it, it is, it is, if it's hard for us as women, it is even harder for them because the violation is so, um, and especially if they if they un, if they uncover it or they come to terms with it or, or or start to face it as adults because it's so unmasculine mm. to you know to to admit to having been violated as a as a as a young boy is you know it, it, there there's a whole another set of, of of layers that one has to has to unpack it's very 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 complex and that you know that will probably take longer to bring, but, but the men haven't got a hope in hell if we as women don't start, because at least we, we are able, we have, we have more ability to face these things. We have more ability to, to talk about these things. We have, um, you know, once we, once we face, we have, I think we have greater courage mm. in facing these, these, these things, maybe because, you know, we just have, it's that, it's that feminine sensitivity and you know that aspect of us which which enables to and the nurturing and the healing and we're we're very in in touch with that but it is it is a a, a, a very long road and I think also what you say I think the truth is that you never truly you never you can never put it behind you I mean that is a, a an ugly truth it's not like you know something that you can say okay I've dealt with that now I can go back to being okay you will you will never be able to relate in a way that somebody who hasn't been sexually abused can relate you're you're you can learn to trust you can you can learn to do things but you can there are certain areas I believe that you will always have because you'll always have that memory you know I mean there are always there are moments in you know if there isn't a day that I think I do, it doesn't, something doesn't remind me. Mm. Something doesn't, and it's not traumatic. I don't sort of go into this, but it'll just something will remind me that will trigger a physical sensation. And I just, I'm just used to the fact that that's part of my reality. And I guess through, you know, through the work I've done over the decades, it's got to a point, as we said, you know, I've taken it up from under the, you know, from the mud. And so it's very surface. So it's not festering in me. It's sort of on the surface. It's almost like an itch rather than a, you know, something deep inside me that is screaming. It's just, it's just there, but it's a coat I have to wear and I will wear it for my whole life. Yeah. And something that you have to manage always. Yeah. Yeah. And I will always have reactions that come from that. And I will always have, um, responses and I will always have to be careful of prejudices, prejudices because of it and I will probably never be able to um, to 
trust in a way that others, many others might, because I don't know what trust feels like, because I just know that I am on my own. I know this. It's not even a. It's not even a, something I, I I have trouble managing. It just it, I have no sense that anyone is ever going to be able to help me more than I can help myself, and that is where um, that 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 is where the, the complexity also is because often it's not just the abuse that hurts. It's the way in which it is managed or mismanaged or not acknowledged or not dealt with, because then you have a whole nother layer. And then often the problems come from that. So, you're, so you, you know, it's, it's yet another layer burying this, this, you know, the, the abuse itself. And, and that's why it is a very, very big thing to unpack, a very, very big thing to unpack. But, you know, the thing is that we, we may we may never fully heal, but we can, as you say, we can man, we can we can live with it. We can live with it, and we can look at it, and we can, you know, everybody has something. You know, you can't get. Well, I think I think it's also you know you can choose to stay in that state of survival, which is what trauma puts you in. You know, and and sexual abuse is a different different kind of survival than other traumas um, but you can stay in that state of survival or you can choose to face it to look at it to unpack it to get to those roots to pull it out from the roots and and throw it away not necessarily the experience or the memories but the the the, the the, the energy that it holds and the subsequent behaviors and the subsequent and the patterns that you have adopted Yes, but 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 in doing that, you then empower yourself to to move out of that state of being the victim and take ownership of yourself, your own life, your own choices, your own unconscious, um, and begin to thrive, which is what you've done. You know, instead of you allowing this to keep you in that state of perpetual chaos. You've taken it and said, "Well, I'm going to, I'm going to harness this. I'm going to use this for for good." And this is, yeah. And this is where what you say about the fact that the only way to do it is by facing it. Is you have to face it. You then have to look at the symptoms. You have to look at where where you've put your life in chaos. Which is about this is about taking ownership. It's about taking responsibility for for what you have for the chaos that you've created or the 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 issues that you have and. And it's not about blame. It's not about, so there's no guilt here. It's not about saying, oh my God, I'm such a terrible person because I've done this and that and the other. No, you have. You also have to forgive yourself. That's a big, big piece. You have to forgive yourself, not only for your, your part, for, you know, in whether it's because it's happened once or twice or whether it's because it's happened a hundred times, you want to let, there is that feeling of the fact that you allowed it to happen, as especially when you're older. You say, "How could how could I have allowed this to go on? Why didn't I have the courage?" Da, 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 da. And so it's about taking that response and forgiving yourself, and also forgiving yourself because many of us then subsequently go to cause all sorts of havoc 
all over the place. And you have to forgive yourself for all the chaos you caused and any damage you caused because you, and you have to accept that you, you, you didn't, you couldn't do otherwise until you had got to the place where you could heal. And then you, you unpack each and every separate area and you say, I have to fix this. 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 And only then can you start, it's, it's a, it's a very, very big onion. And the further you get, I think the more you then discover things that you never even imagined were there. And I have to say that for me, there were um, there were two, there were one particular tool which was was a lifesaver, which was meditation. That was an absolute lifesaver, and it came to me very quite late in my in my healing journey. Um, and I dabbled with it, but then I got to it sort of as a as a as a a regular practice only a few years ago. And it was the only thing that managed to do what drugs and alcohol had been able to do before. It actually just, it, it quieted, it, it took, it quieted the chaos and it took away the pain. That place of pain no longer was there. Having said that, if I don't meditate, it comes back. Because but I also was- think, you know, I, th- I think the difference between your, your meditation allows you to tap back into that stillness of peace, whereas exactly. alcohol and whatever, you might blank out, yes, exactly. you know, and numb yourself from everything that you're feeling. But the consequences of those actions and the things that you do under those influences, you know, then it's just, you're just perpetuating the chaos. And this, whereas, you know, meditation is the healthier option of, of calming that chaotic. Because state. it means you bypass, you bypass, you cut right through all the chaos and you find that oasis. And once you know where it is, you can always access it. That's the amazing thing. You can always access it. So I find, you know, even now when I get, anxious and I have you know I know that if I just go and meditate I can go past that and actually go into that place and that's where for for you know survivors of of any kind of trauma anyone who's been through any kind of trauma meditation is so incredible the second thing is that your course the pathways to mastery which we will do a podcast on soon but that has been an incredible journey for me in this because it took me um, you know, and for those who don't know about, you know, it's a 44 week journey, which is t- a long, it's, it's a, it's an extended period of time, but it takes you into these spaces where you don't, you don't know what you're going to find. And for me, I was able to find, um, aspects of myself that were directly related to these early childhood experiences and face them in a completely different way. And it took me on a, it guided me on a journey of a a healing journey that I would not other, because I would not otherwise ever have been able to, to, to embark on because it's not therapy. It's not, it's not, you know, you're, 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 you're going in on, on this sort of emotional, spiritual, physical journey and you're not taking something and saying, I have to look at this. You're actually looking at your whole self mm-hmm. or every realm of yourself. And along that path, you encounter these bits of you which have been 
hiding or disguised or and you have to face them and deal with them as you as you find them and that is a is a very very powerful thing so you know and we have to as survivors we have to we have to find the right way for you know we have to find the right way to heal but we have to heal because we cannot just sit and wait and let someone else do it no one else is going to do it or also wait for it to just go away because it's, 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 it's not going to go away it's not going to go away but no one else is going to take it away for us we can reach out and get and get others to help us mm. but we have to do the work it's like with everything at the end of the day and one of the things that I'd, I'd also like to just mention before we end off as well is, you know, this is something that that is that has come up quite a few times working with people who who have in, endured sexual abuse, and you know, from a spiritual perspective, we we understand that that our soul has a life plan, and you know, we're living out an experience that our soul has has um, determined. And often people say to me, you know, why would I have chosen this experience? Why would my soul have put me through this experience? And one of the things that I um, understood many, many years ago um, through, through my own personal exploration around abuse is that abuse, doesn't matter what kind it is, is never part of our soul plan. It is not something that our soul has chosen to come into this life and experience. It is something that is created through the ego or the, the, the wounding of our culture and our society that we live in. The fact that we have to experience it means that we have the opportunity to overcome it and to allow it to empower us moving forward, to not allow it, uh, allow it to sink us. Um, I mean, that, that was the one thing I just wanted to mention. And I think it's, it's, you know, for people who have had that experience and haven't done the work or haven't faced it or haven't gone into the depths of, the, of, of those roots, it is not something you can do alone. No. You know, this is not something that you can face on your own. You do need support. You do need help. You need someone who can hold your hand and who can guide you along this journey. Because if you attempt to do it on your own, which is what my brother did, because he lost faith in therapies, uh, in therapists, and he couldn't actually find anyone who could support him, who, who was willing to talk about it because they didn't want to. And I was his sister and not able to step out of that space of, of being emotionally entangled in it. Um, yeah, and, and because of that, the consequences were dire. Um, so it really is something that, that you need to find support and help with. And, and as you know, and therapy is, is really important and it's an incredibly important um, modality. But therapy, the healing is not just about understanding what was, because we often you you in in you know in in some therapy you can really drown in going back into what was and understanding why you are the way you are at a certain point you just have to say this is the way i am this is what happened how do i move forward what do i do with this now what do i do with this where do i go and how do i live with it yes 
And I that live with it without it continuing to right. create chaos. Exactly. Yes, and without it being without it 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 defining me. Mm-hmm. And that's where by doing by actually working at, at what to do with it and then take it forward. Though those of us, I mean, I understood at a certain point that that you know we can turn this into we can turn it around. You know, no one would ever wish it on anybody, but those who have been through it, you can turn it into a gift because it will always be a gift for someone else. Anybody I talk to about it, I am helping them get it out and move forward. And it's, you know, if I had not been through what I have been through and if I had not faced my own experiences, I wouldn't be able to help people with it. I wouldn't be able to, you know, my, 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 my gift is that I have been through very severe sexual abuse for an extreme amount of time and I have come through it and I know that there is an end to that tunnel. And I know that we can live in the sunshine with carrying that. But we, you know, we can turn this into a flower from the manure. Yep, I think that's an incredibly important point. So on that note, I think uh, we're almost time. I think we've given given lots of people lots of things to think about. (laughs) And I hope that, you know, I think that it's important for us to to pull this particular subject out of the bag every now and then and and keep revisiting it occasionally because I think it is it is very important for um, for all of us to get used to talking about it, to get used to hearing about it, to, you know, and 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 either facing our own experiences or helping other people, you know, helping other people face their experiences. Exactly. I mean, maybe, yeah, I think we can, there are a couple of aspects or of this topic that we can, we can unpack in further conversation. So we will certainly look at doing that. So... Thank you so much for for joining me for the conversation. It is always brilliant. um, And I look forward to our next one. Thank you. For more information on the work that we offer, please have a look at our website, www.spirit-pathways.com.